Christian Parenting. Aloha, friends. Welcome to the Monica Swanson Podcast, powered by Christian Parenting. I am Monica Swanson, mom to four boys, wife to Dr. Dave, podcast host and author of Boy Mom and Raising Amazing. Here on the podcast, it is my goal to bring you practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising amazing kids and building strong families. You can always find show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. I'm so glad you're here and I hope you'll be encouraged. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hey friends, welcome back to the podcast. I hope you're doing great. I'm excited to share a returning guest with you today, and I'm confident you will enjoy this because when Jordan Rayner has been with us before, um, people have downloaded it a whole bunch of times and come back for more. Uh, He has a ton of energy and it's contagious, so hold on tight. I love that. But essentially, Jordan encourages us to understand the value of our work, how God created us to be workers. In fact, one of the episodes I'll link to in show notes, um, he was talking about his children's book, The Creator in You. And it just was so helpful in encouraging our kids to understand the value of work and to celebrate that. And so this is a topic he's he's spent years studying, um, researching, uh, digging into the Bible about, and his new book is called The Sacredness of Secular Work. And I think this is going to encourage so many of you, wherever you work, uh, if you are changing diapers, or as he says, you're an accountant or a barista, whatever you're doing, your work has great value. And I love this because I, I'm always encouraging my boys, you know, to look for opportunities, to share their faith, to, to talk about Jesus, to use their workplace or their school, whatever it might be, um, for ministry. And he says absolutely yes to that, but also even when you're not, your work still has great value, eternal value. So I love how he unpacks that for us. I think it's going to really encourage you. It's so easy to wonder, like, does what I'm doing even matter? Well, he's going to say yes, and I think this is one to share with your friends, share with your family. I think it's going to be a big encouragement to all of us. Now, before we dive into this interview, I just want to pause to thank you so much for your ratings and reviews for this podcast, and it's been a while since I've shared one, and so I thought I would share a review from the end of December. I loved this. Um, It's from someone named Abbreviate, and that's spelled different, but that's how I think it's pronounced, so kind of fun. And um, she titled it, What a Blessing, Such Encouragement, and gave the podcast five stars. Thank you so much. And she wrote, I'm so thankful for Monica and her biblical encouragement and practical wisdom. I've been blessed by tuning in and listening to her podcast and reading her books for a couple years now and going through trials and difficulties in raising my four kids, three of whom are boys. I cannot recount how many times I have been encouraged, rebuked, and uplifted by her. So thankful for this resource, and I pray that God would bless you, Monica, and your family, and want to personally thank you for your ministry and input into our parenting. Oh, I love that, and 
you know, it's always nice when you hear somebody thank you for the rebuke as well. Hey, I know I need a good rebuke here and there. And so I hope to deliver everything I share with grace and encouragement, but I like to hear that it's not all warm fuzzies because we all need a little kick in the pants sometimes, right? Anyways, thank you, Abbreviate, for that sweet uh, review. And just so you know, guys, even a five-star rating, it takes like two seconds to tap on those five stars and it helps. It helps feed that algorithm so this podcast gets put in front of more people all over the world. So right there on your phone, you just scroll down. When you're on my podcast, scroll down, see the five stars, tap on them. And if you can take an extra moment to leave a review as well, that would mean so much to me. So with that, I don't want to waste any more time. I just want to thank you for showing up every week. We have so many great guests and topics coming up in this new year. I, I, keep feeling tempted to like add more episodes per week because there's so much I can't wait to share with you, but I'm going to make you wait every Wednesday. I'll show up and I hope you will too. So without further ado, here's Jordan Raynor and I talking about the sacredness of secular work. I hope you're encouraged. Hey Jordan, welcome back to the podcast. Monica, it's so good to see you. I'm so pumped to be back. Oh, I just love talking to you. Whenever I listen to your podcast or you on someone else's, I just get like, yeah, so pumped. (laughs) You have a way of spreading your energy to the rest of us. So yay. It's a a blessing and a curse. Ask the people who know me best. (laughs) (laughs) Do you wake up like that? I I really do. Really? Yeah. You're not a slow starter. Not at all. And my nine-year-old like takes after me now. Like she gets up and is like dressed in two minutes. She's like ready to go for the day. Okay. So is your wife opposite or is she on the same? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a slow riser, slow to get ready, which thank God. If there were two of us in our house, it wouldn't work very well. So fun. Well, I love it. Okay. Well, a lot of people here know you, but for those who don't, can you just give a quick introduction? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Hey, guys, uh, my name is Jordan Rayner. I live in Tampa, Florida, almost as cool as Hawaii. Uh, like Monica, I'm married to my wife, Kara. And we got three little girls, Ellison, who's nine, Kate, who's seven, and Emery, who we adopted a little over four years ago. Uh, professionally, I spent a lot of my time as a tech entrepreneur. I'm chairman of the board of a tech startup I used to run as CEO. Uh, I spend the rest of my time creating content that helps Christians see how their work matters for eternity. And uh, Monica, you and I were talking about this a few weeks ago, but you know, when I, when I tell somebody that their work as a, I don't know, surf shop manager or an entrepreneur or barista matters for eternity, the the most typical response I get is, uh, Oh yeah. Amen. Jordan, my job is my mission field. And listen, Mm. that is a hundred percent gloriously true. Uh, but if the only way our work matters for eternity is because we can leverage our jobs to share the gospel, then frankly, most of us are wasting 99% of our lives. And to me, that's deeply depressing, mm-hmm. but I would argue more importantly, it's deeply unbiblical. And so mm-hmm. I wrote this new book, The Sacredness of Secular Work, to help every listener see how every Zoom meeting they lead, mm-hmm. how every Uber they drive, how every diaper they change. There we go has the potential of mattering for eternity, not just the 1% of the time we spend doing the quote-unquote spiritual work, important work of evangelism and prayer. Yes. 
You just heard some amens out there when you mentioned those diapers. Oh, come on now. I've changed my fair share. All right, let's go. Serious. And it's hard in that moment to think this matters. That, And for one, just I had to remind myself over and over in those diaper-changing days that God sees this. That yes, if, if I've got a smile on my face, if I have joy in my heart, God sees it. But I love this topic, and I, I think that it's something that somehow people just don't talk about. We don't think about. And, you know, you know, and my listeners know, I love to encourage my kids to be prepared to share their faith wherever they are in the workplace that, you know, there's so many opportunities to spread the gospel. But your your focus here is on even when we're not sharing the gospel, our work matters. And I just absolutely love that so much. On the very first page of your book, you share how listeners can instantly view their workplace as sacred. So talk about how we can make that shift maybe even as moms or if we work outside the house. Yeah, hopefully this will be a big mindset Mm. shift for listeners. So words matter. Definitions are super important to me. I like working from the same hymnal, right? That, Mm. That word secular literally means without God. But Monica, you you and I believe, hopefully I can get an amen, that God is literally with us wherever we go through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. And so if that's true, the only thing you need to do to instantly make your secular workplace, your secular community, your secular school sacred is walk through the front door mm. or log on a Zoom. That's it. Yeah. Charles Spurgeon said that for the believer who is seeking first the kingdom of God, quote, nothing is secular. Everything mm. is sacred, end yeah. quote. So I think the more interesting question, I think the more transformative question is, how does that sacred work matter beyond the present? Mm. How does it matter for eternity? And that's the question I'm trying to help readers unpack and answer in this book. That's right. And and your subtitle is Four Ways Your Job Matters for Eternity, Even When You're Not Sharing the Gospel. Yep. And I've just been really intrigued by these four ways, by what you outline in the book. I think yep. it's fascinating. But can you go ahead and, and share some of those things right I'd here, right to. now? <laughs> Let's do it. Let's just tick them through real quick. So number one, your work matters for eternity, most fundamentally because it is a vehicle for bringing pleasure to God. Hmm. Psalm 37, 23 says that the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives, end quote. In other words, God doesn't just delight in watching you stroke a check to the missionary on your refrigerator. Mm. He doesn't just delight in watching you walk somebody through the Romans road, although he, of course, delights in those things. Mm -hmm. God delights in every diaper you're changing, (laughs) in every hire you're making, (laughs) in every widget you're creating in a godly way. All of those things are an ingredient (laughs) into God's eternal happiness. So that's the most fundamental way I work. That's huge. You could stop right there. You (laughs) stop right there. (laughs) That's all you need. That's all I need. (laughs) But hey, scripture gives us more. Number two. There's more. Yeah. Number two. But wait, there's more, God says. (laughs) Number two, God's word makes it clear that our work matters for eternity because it is largely through our work that we earn eternal rewards. Now, this is super controversial in the church. Yeah. We never talk about eternal rewards. And for a lot of good reason, listen, the perverted prosperity gospel (laughs) 
has heretically taken this oh, language yeah. about rewards and led us to believe yeah. that Jesus wants us to have our best life now. That's yeah. a lie. That's a right? lie. Mm-hmm. But Jesus did command, not just suggest, command his followers over and over and over again to chase after our best life later. Yeah. Because 2 Corinthians promises us mm-hmm. that while our soul has been judged past tense, mm-hmm. If we're trusting in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins. Yes. All of us are going to be judged for how we stewarded our life post-following Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Not Mm -hmm. to determine where we will spend eternity, but to determine what rewards we will Mm -hmm. enjoy for God's glory Mm -hmm. for eternity. And since we spend most of our days working, Mm -hmm. we can assume that most of God's judgment is going to focus on that work. Third way your work matters for eternity, it matters because through it, You could scratch off glimpses of the kingdom of God in the present. Mm -hmm. And then finally, number four, your work matters because you can leverage it to the instrumental end of sharing the gospel Mm. with those that you work with. And I would argue, actually the data would argue, that in this post-Christian context, it is not going to be pastors and donor-supported missionaries who are most effective at making disciples of Jesus Christ. It is going to be mere Christians Mm -hmm. working at the local coffee shop, working at the local mechanic shop, who are rubbing shoulders with the lost who will never darken the door Mm -hmm. of a church to learn about Jesus for the first time. So at a high level, those are four of the many, many ways. I'm not Mm -hmm. calling this an exhaustive list, but for the many ways our work matters for eternity. Right. And again, in the book, there's so many stories that just support this, that you're just like really blown away by how much, not only stories about people here and in history, but scripture is just, it, it's so clear. And yet, like you said, I'm I'm still camping out on number two, the eternal rewards. You're right. Ooh. It's something people just don't talk about. It's like it makes everyone really uncomfortable, but it's a thing. And it's it, there's really no way to argue it, in my opinion, but I love that. It's, ah, I grew up feeling so much guilt mm. when I thought about this idea of chasing after eternal rewards. And let's be like real explicit about what we're talking about. We're talking yeah. about Scripture's uh, promise of eternal treasures mm-hmm. in heaven. It's mm-hmm. talking about various crowns, mm-hmm. but it's also talking about the reward of increased job responsibilities on mm. the new earth. Mm-hmm. See the parable of the minus. It's talking about what Isaiah 60 suggests of us being rewarded with the literal work of our hands lasting for eternity on the new earth, which boggles my mind, yes. right? All of these are rewards that scripture holds out for us. And I used to feel guilty about this until I realized, and Randy Alcorn mm-hmm. helped me realize this. He said, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to get the quote exactly right, but he said something to the effect of, to maintain that it's wrong to be motivated mm-hmm. by chasing after these eternal rewards mm-hmm. is to bring a serious accusation against Christ, end quote. Mm-hmm. Because wow. over and over again, I think I cite 27 scriptures mm-hmm. in the sacredness of secular work. Jesus is telling us, hey, I want to reward you brazenly Mm. if you sacrifice in this life for something much greater for all of eternity. So we should boldly chase after those things. Yes, we should. And and yeah, I love this. My my oldest son and my husband were having a conversation about eternal rewards over the holidays. And I was just super fascinated by it. And so I love seeing it in your book too. I think that's somewhere people could really camp out in the book. Can we talk about kids here? Because yes, this please. just came, Come on. We're, Absolutely. I know we're talking with a lot of parents. Yeah. Um, the other day, uh, Elsa, my nine-year-old, 
Mm-hmm. We're out. We're out roasting s'mores, right? And uh, she predictably is like, "I want to go first. I want to roast marshmallows first. And I just pulled her aside. I was like, "Hey, listen. Let me read you Ephesians six eight. Says the Lord will reward whatever good you do in this life. Hmm. He commands you to love your sisters as yourself. Right? How do you think they want to be loved right now? You think they want to go first? She's hmm. like, yeah. I was like, hey, listen. What's gonna be worth more? You getting to eat a marshmallow three minutes faster than your sister <laughs> or some eternal reward? I don't know what it is. Yeah. Treasure whatever for eternity. She's like, I oh, that's it. an easy decision. I was like, it is an easy decision, Ellison, wow. when we think about these eternal rewards. Wow. So, man, I, I I pray that our listeners, that they just get one thing from this podcast, mm-hmm. that they would just start training their kids mm-hmm. to be properly motivated by chasing after these things. Oh, that is huge. And it is so countercultural. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that is solid. And, and you know, we talk a lot about intentionality, but I think right there, that was a moment that could have so easily passed you by. But to have this on our minds, and again, it's going to be out of the overflow of what we're pondering. So if we're all thinking about this, praying about this, it's going to just spill out into our parenting so much more naturally. So love that. Great example. Tell us why you think, or from the research you've done, most of us just struggle to see our work as sacred. Like what is it about... Uh, us as believers who know the word of God well, that we just don't see that. We go to work and we're just disconnecting there. This is not going to be a popular answer. I'm going to warn you <laughs> right here, Monica. You I'm know, ready. because you've read the book, uh, but it, I do believe it is the answer. Here it is. In the last few hundred years of church history, for the first time ever mm-hmm. in church history, we have started treating the great commission to make disciples as the singular mission of the Christian life. Mm-hmm. And listen, lest I be labeled a heretic, the Great Commission is great. Mm-hmm. It is a non-optional command mm-hmm. for every single follower of Jesus. But treating it as the only mission of the Christian life is problematic for a whole lot of reasons. Number one, Jesus never did that. In fact, mm-hmm. he said, make disciples of all nations, dot, 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 teaching them to obey everything I have commanded Mm -hmm. you to do. Number two, it's problematic because when we treat the Great Commission as the only commission, I would argue we actually become less effective Mm -hmm. at the Great Commission, which we can Mm -hmm. unpack more if you want. But number three, when we treat the Great Commission as the only commission, it is impossible to see how my secular work is truly sacred. Mm -hmm. It's impossible to see how I, as, I don't know, an investment banker, am doing work that is as eternally significant Mm. as that of my pastor or the full-time missionary that I financially support. Because if the Great Commission is the only mission of the Christian life, then that work only matters in the 0.1% of the time Mm. I spend at work Mm -hmm. explicitly sharing Jesus' name with somebody, Mm -hmm. right? That is depressing and, again, unbiblical. Mm -hmm. All you got to look to is Psalm 37, 23, which we just said, God delights Mm -hmm. in every detail of the lives Mm -hmm. of the godly. And so there's some deep roots that allow this lie to grow. And I I tackle those in the book. One is called the abridged gospel. The other Mm -hmm. are these half truths about heaven. But again, great commission, absolutely great, non-optional, but treating it as the only one, that's really, I would argue, the root of our modern misunderstanding of the sacredness of secular work. I love that. And I totally 
uh, appreciate all the examples too of of how good work even draws people to more conversations and to wanting to know what is behind your excellent work. And that's just so inspiring when I hear those stories. Hey friends, well, after a long and for many of you cold winter, are you ready to bring the spirit of the islands into your home? Look no further than Home Threads, where comfort meets coastal living. At HomeThreads.com, you can discover a collection inspired by the tranquility of the beach. From breezy linens to stylish coastal decor, they've got everything you need to turn your home into a seaside retreat, and always at the best value. If you haven't been to the Home Threads website yet, you have to go check it out, see their beautiful bedding, everything they have for your kitchen, lighting, workspace, and a gift guide, which has something for everyone on your list. I'm thinking ahead to Mother's Day, Father's Day, anniversaries, birthdays, and more. So visit homethreads.com forward slash Monica and get a code for 15% off your first order. Because whether you're on the islands or dreaming of the sea, Home Threads brings the beach to you. Home Threads, love where you live. want to tell you about a podcast sponsor that I'm a big fan of, diveintomath.com. Now, most of you know that all my boys have been homeschooled and the oldest two went on to college where the oldest graduated with a degree in data analytics and the second son will graduate this year majoring in mechanical engineering. And both of those boys took science classes and Shorman math classes through the diveintomath.com website. In fact, they went all the way through an AP calculus and an AP physics course, and they believe that those classes really well prepared them for their college classes ahead. Now, Dive Into Math offers self-paced courses in state-of-the-art e-learning systems featuring expert video instruction, interactive assignments with auto grading and grade recording, video solutions, and Q&A support with Dr. Shorman, who happens to be our good friend and is such a great man. Dr. Shorman teaches everything from a biblical perspective, and he offers a historical foundation which teaches the why of learning math, which is really helpful. Shorman Algebra 1 and 2 teaches every concept on the PSAT, SAT, and ACT with over 200 practice questions, which if your kids are interested in college is going to be really, really helpful. Now I have a lot more to say I'll be sharing in the months ahead, but definitely go over to the diveintomath.com website, check them out. I think you'll be impressed. Okay, shifting gears now because I love to talk about character, raising kids of character and work is tough. I think I argue that in this generation right now, just the kids don't value work. Parents aren't necessarily doing a great job at teaching kids a good work ethic. But I love the spiritual perspective you have on work beginning in Genesis. Tell us what we're made for. Well, what scripture says we're made for uh, is found in the first commission that God gives us in Genesis 1, Mm -hmm. 26 through 28 to Fill, to be fruitful and increase in number, mm-hmm. meaning basically have a lot of babies, yep. right? Let's be honest. Fill the maternity. <laughs> ones, right? Fill the earth, which is essentially to create culture, mm-hmm. subdue the world and rule it, which is essentially this command, as Wayne Grudem says, Wayne Grudem edited the ESV Bible. He says, quote, to make the world more useful for other human beings' mm-hmm. benefit and enjoyment, which is exactly what most of our listeners are doing every day is yeah. – marketers and social media managers, whatever it is that they do, right? The lie that is pervasive in the church today, you may not hear it explicitly, but I promise you're going to hear implicitly almost every Sunday, is that the Great Commission has replaced that first commission. 
That's a lie. Mm-hmm. In Genesis 3, the first commission becomes more difficult. It is mm-hmm. now under the curse. We now feel thorns and thistles yeah. as we try to make this earth more useful for right. other human beings' benefit and enjoyment. But it's never retracted. It's never canceled. Mm. The reality is that you and I have a dual vocation in the present. Mm. The first commission to make culture and the great commission to make disciples Mm. as we go about making culture. And I think this is part of the reason why we see Peter catching fish even after the resurrection and catching people. Mm. I think it's why Paul chose to make tents and make disciples I think it's even why Jesus spent 80% of his adult life making tables mm-hmm. before he did the work of mm. making followers of the way. Because these things are meant to be hold, held together. They're meant to be held mm. in tandem. Oh, that's so good. I love that. And, and I just love that we know because before sin ever entered the world that... God commanded us to work, right? So we know it's, it's part God's of plan his a. good, beautiful creation. Yeah. It's God's plan A, right? Yes. And, and so often I think we accuse God, not we're not cognizant of it, mm-hmm. right? But we subtly accuse him of needing a plan B, right? <laughs> Great commission replace the first commission. That's accusing God of needing a plan B. Yeah. This earth is going to burn up in the end. That's a lie. This earth mm. will be purified with fire in the end, mm-hmm. but it will survive because God doesn't need a plan B. He's the sovereign God of the universe. <laughs> right. He does not create things, whether the earth or commissions only to destroy them because mm. he is all powerful mm-hmm. and he is Lord over all of it. Hmm. Awesome. And I think your longest chapter, correct me if I'm wrong, might be the one on heaven. Is that right? I think that's right. And so with that in mind, I just recently had a conversation with somebody who's kind of skeptical about the Christian faith. And he said, I just get, I don't like the idea of heaven where all we're doing is worshiping God all the time. We're just floating around worshiping. That sounds really boring. And I was like, ah, how did that how did that message become so common in our church or in the message of what heaven is? Because no, as you talk about in this chapter, heaven's not just us floating around worshiping God. Tell us a little bit yeah. more from that. Give us a teaser on that chapter. Oh man, I hate hearing that story. Mm-hmm. Because I I I think Here's the deal. In my experience, most Christians have spent more time planning a one-week vacation than they have thinking about eternity. Mm-hmm. And that inevitably leads us to settle for these wishy-washy half-truths about heaven that are more mm-hmm. informed by culture, yeah. like yeah. playing harps and clouds for billions of years, mm-hmm. rather mm-hmm. than the whole truths we find in Scripture. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I spend the longest chapter of this book replacing five of these prevalent half-truths mm-hmm. with the whole truths we see in God's word. One of them is what your friend said. We mm-hmm. will worship for all of eternity. And when mm-hmm. we say that, what we assume is heaven is an endless Hillsong concert, right? <laughs> we're, we're just we're just singing praises to the Lord, and right. the person who can't sing is dreading it, and they hate <laughs> it. Here's why I say that's half-true. In a way, it is true, right? We mm-hmm. uh, uh, Eternity is about the glory of God mm-hmm. and us properly worshiping him. The reason why I say it's half true, though, is because our definition of the word worship is at best half true. Mm -hmm. When we talk about worship, we talk exclusively about musical worship. But check this out. Genesis 2.15. It says that God took Adam and placed him in the garden to work it Mm -hmm. and take care of it. Mm -hmm. And the Hebrew word that we translate to work there 
is this Hebrew word called abad, which elsewhere in scripture is translated to mean worship. What's the Mm. point? Adam and Eve were not just worshiping God when they sang him a song, Mm -hmm. right? Adam and Eve were worshiping God when they engaged in filling the earth and subduing it and Mm -hmm. making it more beautiful and useful for other image bearers, right? Mm -hmm. And the same is true for us today, and the same will be true for us for billions and billions of years. So Mm -hmm. we just talked about Genesis 1, the first commission. Fast forward to the opposite bookend of scripture, Revelation 22.5. It does not say that we will swing in hammocks for eternity. (laughs) It does not say that we will play harps forever and ever. It says that we will, quote, reign Mm. forever and ever, end quote, with Christ Mm. on a new earth. Isaiah 65 explains even more what that means. Isaiah 65.17, God says, see, I'll create a new heavens and a new earth. My chosen people will build houses. They will plant vineyards Mm -hmm. and eat their fruit. My chosen people will long enjoy the work of their hands, end quote. Mm -hmm. Just as the paradise of Eden was not a vacation, Mm -mm. but a perfect vocation without Mm -hmm. the curse, Mm -hmm. so it will be for God's chosen people forevermore. And I don't know about you, Mm -hmm. but I know for your friend and for me, That's a lot more hopeful than Mm -hmm. endless harps and hammocks. Right. And there's a big difference between the work we know today that does have thorns and thistles or like when my laundry's piling up and I'm like, I'm blaming Eve because I'm like, this is the fall. as we should. Come on Every time we finish a project, we have to start again because it's never done and it can be so frustrating. And that's the sin side of our work. But good work is completely different from that, right? Like the kind of work we will do will be that satisfying, God-glorifying work. Correct. And I think it's hard for us to even wrap our heads around exactly. because we are so, our work is so mired mm-hmm. with thorns and thistles. Yes. But think yes. about the best day you've ever had at work. Mm-hmm. Everything clicked. Mm-hmm. You were just in your element. Everything was flowing. You were doing deals, finishing chapters. What? Multiply that time. Kids obeying. Kids obeying. <laughs> actually taking out the trash without being, do- to, right. to quote your book, yes, doing the dishes told. without being asked. Remember that day? Yeah. Multiply that times 100. Uh-huh. And then imagine the risen Christ mm. next to you mm. as you're doing that work. That, I think, is a glimpse, glimpse. Mm. of what we have to look forward to forever and ever. I love that. Okay, so you had a good story with your daughter. Yeah. Do you have any ideas for us how we can pass this idea on to our kids and help them to value work? So we shared uh, – my favorite episode we've done of this show was about my kid's book, The Creator and You. Uh, which we talked a lot about this. So go back and listen okay. to that episode. Everybody. Okay, I'm going to link to that one. Okay. okay. But let, let me give you one new one that I'm loving mm. with my kids. And again, my kids are young, so I, I'm not teaching them super deep theology. I'm just trying to help them understand the basics mm-hmm. of how our work matters to God. So um, a lot of times when we pray and ask God for something or thank God for something, mm-hmm. for example, our dinner, right? Or around the dinner table, We pray, thank God for this food. After we get done praying, I say, hey, kids, everybody name one job that God used to answer that prayer, Hmm. right? So for dinner, Kate will say, oh, yeah, he made a farmer to go out and pick the apple that's on my plate. I'm like, that's Hmm. exactly right, Kate. We did this the other day when we were on a road trip. It was pouring down rain, and we were praying, like a lot of families do, Hmm. for safe travels. Lord, please keep us safe on the road. Kids, everyone name a job 
that God is using right now to keep us safe. Kate wow. said, the people who made the windshield wipers. That's right. Ellis and my nine-year-old's like, whoever made this type of concrete, I love this answer, <laughs> this type of concrete that ensures that we're not like sliding all over the road. God <laughs> used that person to answer our prayer today. I'm like, this is so simple. Yeah. But what my kids are getting at a really early age, that God delivers his extraordinary blessings to us mm -hmm. through really seemingly ordinary jobs. Yeah. And that's what makes them extraordinary mm. is that God is using them to answer the legitimate prayers mm -hmm. of all people. So wow. if you're looking for something practical with your kids, steal this one. Oh, that is so good. And again, what comes back to me is that intentionality that requires like that wasn't hard. That didn't take a long time for you. You didn't have to pull out a workbook or listen to something together as a family. I, I, I don't have time for a workbook. No. You I don't have time. Just I, just, I can, I can have that something moment. that's like simple and I can remember and just deliver right? in a second. Right? So the key here, listeners, is it's got to be on our mind. If it's on our mind, it's going to come out in the things we talk about. Whether you're on a road trip or sitting around the dinner table, these are all easy, but or I should say they're simple, but they're not easy. Like they just require us to be thinking about it yeah. and passing it on. And these are life-changing truths. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. My, and my goal, think, think about this. If you start doing this when your kids are even 15, right? Mm -hmm. It's never too late to start. 16, yep. 18. Yes. They are going to grow up with something invaluable that mm. most you and I never had. Mm. They are never going to sit in church again feeling like a second-class Christian hmm. because they're not standing behind the pulpit. Hmm. Right? I, you know, these, these statistics that keep coming about, about deconstruction and kids leaving the mm -hmm. church, man, they, they grieve me. Yeah. And every time I see a new study posted, people are all over Instagram and Twitter blaming liberals. Mm -hmm. They're all over blaming culture. Hmm. We are partially to blame 100%. because after our kids prayed the prayer and walked the aisle, mm -hmm. we never validated their God-given desire to lean into their interests as business mm. people, as healthcare professionals. Because mm. we told them, if you really want to be a super Christian, you got to be preached from the pulpit. That's a lie. God mm. says that's a lie. Mm. And by encouraging them with these truths now, the Christian faith and the God of the Bible is going to be so much more beautiful yeah. and relevant to their daily lives. Mm. And so I'm, I'm praying that that's a gift that mm. all of our listeners can give their kids. Oh, I love that so much because I do think when we can validate to, for our kids, like these things you love, well, God gave you that love. God set that desire in your heart. So now what can we do with that? And, and just that's going to light them on fire, right? Yes. Oh. This thing, this thing isn't earthly, fleshly desire. Hmm. You're a new creation. Mm -hmm. Everything is new in you. Yeah. Your passions, your interests, your gifts, all of those have been redeemed by Christ Jesus. Mm. And so if you feel in your bones that God made you to be a professional surfer like your son, mm -hmm. Monica, lean into that mm. God-given desire. That's yeah. not a sinful desire. It is right. a gift yeah. from your heavenly father. And so lean mm. into it fully. Only now you're doing that craft and you're exploring that interest, not for your own fame, mm. not for your own fortune, for the glory of God and the good of others, and yes, your joy. Amen. Let's drop the mic on that one. I'm 
I'm like, this is so good. I'm such a fan. I love it. I appreciate your enthusiasm. And I'm just so thankful that you took the time to put it in a book. So let's tell everyone where they can get that book. In fact, as this comes out, I believe we're like right within a day or two of your launch of the book. So tell us what we can do. Everyone needs this. Well, there's good news if that's when Mm -hmm. this is dropping. I'll explain in a second. So the book's called The Sacredness of Secular Work. You could get on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, wherever you get your books. But if you get the book before February Mm -hmm. 3rd, make sure you go to jordanrainer.com and enter to win this epic trip I'm giving away for you and a friend to go to France for a week. And practice. I want you to rehearse (sighs) for eternity the most literal way I know how. Again, Revelation 22.5 says that we are going to reign forever and ever with Christ on the new earth. And so I'm sending you to the most epic castle. I've ever seen in my life to (laughs) practice that. Uh, And then I'm going to meet the winners over there for a night, take them to dinner and Uh, encourage them. I want to win. How fun. Come on. I love that. Oh my goodness. Yes. So we're going to have a link to that in show notes, but this will come out in plenty of time. So if you're listening right away, get in there, enter to win. Okay. And if people just want to check you down, social media, all that, where's the best place they can find you? Yeah. Yeah, the best place for all the links is jordanrainer.com. Same link, J-O-R-D-A-N-R-A-Y-N-O-R.com. Awesome. And on this topic, we have talked before about your book for children, The Creator in You, which is awesome. Yeah. And I'll link to all the different times you've been with us and um, and just such a joy to talk to you. Thank you so much. The joy is always mine, Monica. Thank you. All right, friends, I hope you are encouraged by that conversation. And if you're catching this right away after it comes out in the first couple weeks, be sure especially to go over to show notes to get that link so you can enter to win his extravagant giveaway. Uh, But either way, you will find uh, links to anything we talked about over in show notes, which you will find today at monicaswanson.com forward slash Jordan rain dash Raynor. That's J O R D A N dash R A Y N O R. Okay. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for continuing to show up. We have a really fun episode next week where I'm bringing two of my boys on to talk about sibling relationships. So bring the kids, tune in, and I think that will be both entertaining and encouraging. So have a wonderful rest of your week and until next time, aloha. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.